Welcome to Inside the Raven's Eye. I'm your host, Alan Mitchell. My medicine name is Raven's Spirit. This podcast is partnered with Earth and Spirit Medicine, owned and operated by Winfield Ivers. His medicine name is Coyote Thunderhawk. He is a shaman here in the state of Utah, so make sure to visit earthandspiritmedicine.com and check out the services they provide. In this episode of Conversations with a Shaman, I asked Coyote Thunderhawk about surviving in the modern wilderness of society. Survival in the wilderness is one thing, but what is survival in society? And is there a correlation between the two? Enjoy. I guess for me, what is survival, especially maybe in terms of people living in society? Okay, I think this last year or so is a perfect illustration of what is survival. I mean, we've always been surviving one way or another. Some people, you know, we call it, you know, I'm not going to survive. I'm going to thrive. We have all of our, you know, our our, uh, tidbits out there and the ideas of success. And, you know, there's a lot of good tidbits. And the, the greatest success that anyone can attain is to become the very best version of yourself. And when you are becoming every moment of your life the very best version of yourself, everything around you has to become that with you. So we're, we're kind of like creating and designing our lives. And so when someone says to a person, well, you know, um, whatever, you're, you're, you're in the circumstances you are because of you. That doesn't sound very nice. Nobody wants to hear that. That sucks when you're not in a good place. And somebody's telling you that you're you're not doing anything right, and that you need to do um, multi-level marketing today in order to save yourself. <laughs> That's kind of funny to me, anyway. You know, I've been down those roads, but uh, there's there's a lot of good tips in the ideas of success. But see, something that we don't we don't uh, look at very often in the ideas of survival is the trade-offs, and and what's at stake. You know, what are we really afraid of? What are we really striving for? Are we so caught up in trying to find our water that we forgot about what we're really seeking tomorrow? Are we so caught up in the essence of of that we, we have to go to work and then we have to get another job? And so then we can't even think about how we're going to better job that can be maybe less th- uh, than half of that time and pay more than twice that amount? So why do we lock ourselves into ways of living and being in society that cause us to be in survival mode and, mode and never increase to our real true capacities in this life. And I'm not saying everyone has to be financially wealthy because I've seen and met and know financially wealthy people who are miserable. Okay. They have, they could go and purchase anything that they want, but they're unhappy. Some of them divorced, some of them just miserable, depressed, no hope, but somehow they're good at making money and they're doing that. And I'm not saying don't do that, but what I'm saying is what's the trade-off? Well, for some, I've seen that their kids are the trade-off, the time with their kids, quality time. I've been told, well, if you take your kids to Disneyland once a year and then you devote the rest of your year to your business, that you will have a balanced family. That's a bunch of crap. Okay, you know, you've got to devote your time in a balanced and prioritized way every day. There might be that phone call that comes in and maybe it was the most important phone call of the day and you're in the most important conversation ever with your teenage daughter or son, perhaps. And what you do is you get on the phone and you say, if you choose to answer it, I choose not to. 
okay? I don't care who it is. If I'm in something that is of a higher priority, which is of eternity, my family, the real stakes, the real costs of life, because I'm not going to be out there, I'm not going to have my children out there going to some wilderness program, learning from people that I don't know, like I was a wilderness guide helping kids that parents sent their children to, okay? I'm not having that. So spending the quality time with your family and being able to, to balance yourself and also create boundaries and not feel under you know the threat of someone saying, well, I need this done now. I don't care if you've got a family picnic or not. You know, hey, well, I'll find somewhere else to work. Okay, trade-offs. Okay, trade-offs. At what point are you selling out everything favorable to your eternal self and your family for the sake of survival, the sake of money, the sake of status, the sake of title, the sake of what? The sake of that someday when I get there, then I'll spend all that time with my family doesn't happen. So, survival, every, to me it's about beautifying. Okay, so I go out to the wilderness and let's say I'm just going out and I don't know, maybe I'll be gone for three weeks. Let's say I used to do a lot of that. So I'm, let's say I'm by myself. So I go out there and I'm just meandering around and I'm backpacking in these areas where no people are. And, and I get out there and all of a sudden I see somewhere inviting. God, it's got everything I want, you know. There's water, there's shade, there's even maybe an overhang, perfect place to camp, place to put my fire pit, perfect place to be. And, and, and then, as I'm there every day, I just try to make the, the least amount of impact that I can on my environment in the sense of that it might take away from the resources in which it's providing. And oftentimes we get lost in the now, not thinking of our future. This is what's so beautiful about the Native American philosophy and indigenous, indigenous people's philosophy of thinking seven generations ahead. It's because if we don't, we're lost tomorrow. So if I'm caught up in today's fascination, or if I'm caught up in today's negative survival, and then it happens again tomorrow and the next day, that never comes. All of a sudden you're 80 years old and you're going, what did I, what happened? What happened? You know, something like that. So I don't want to be that person, okay, for me. So how do I have enough money? How do I spend the time with my children? How do I fuel myself every day? How do I spend the time to, to assist others and, and to be there for them? And this is even outside of the framework of me doing paid work assisting others. There are others out there that might be family or friends that just, hey, do you have a minute? You know, and so do I lend my time? Well, it depends. If they're calling me on a weekend and I'm with my family, forget it. You will not catch me, okay? Why? Because that's my sacred time with my family. And you know what? That's really important. Is it to say that they're not important? No, but what all of a sudden became an emergency on a weekend that wasn't an emergency during the week as far as someone's well-being, okay? So at what point, what, what point are we like, I can't get a fire. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Oh my gosh, I, I've tried everything. No, you haven't. If you had, you'd have a fire. I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people get fires that never thought they could in many different ways. And when they do, and they get it from some sort of way of going to the earth and gathering a stick here and a stick there and a rock there like that. 
and facilitate the creative process to make fire. What happens inside of a person then, Alan? What happened inside of you that day? It was, the fire was within. It was my heart activated. <laughs> the universe went through me. I, yeah, it changed my life. You can go and feel the flame, but it's it's amazing when you walk away and you still feel that, you know, that heat from that flame. That's, I guess that's the best way I can describe it. There's a frustrating process getting to the point of making your fire in t at times. And even after you get really good at making fire, there can still be frustrating times. Even when you get good at being a good parent, there's still frustrating times. Even when you're good at being a doctor, there's still frustrating times. Even when you're good at being a good school teacher, there's still frustrating times. Even you get the point, okay? There's still frustrating times. So is it survival or is it thoughtful? Is it negotiation? I called it beautifying, okay? So when I go out there and I'm at a place, it's like I, I want to go over there and get my firewood far away. I want to keep that natural beauty. And then I'll go to a different place and get it. So on one trip I was on, we were about a half mile or so from our camp. And I said, let's gather some firewood. And this whole group got upset except for one person. And so, you know, uh, it was very interesting to see a whole group complain and collapse at once. Because what they didn't understand was that we were securing our space where we were and we weren't impacting that one little nucleus that other people, when they come and they go, wow, that's a cool place. It still has all those resources. That's what makes it beautiful. So why are we out there destroying our mother earth today for what we think is tomorrow when we don't look seven generations ahead and what are we lending forward? What is survival? At what cost? What are the trade-offs? And what is thriving? And at what cost? And what are the trade-offs? I would like to thank you for listening to Inside the Raven's Eye. And if you have a particular topic matter that you would like to hear, please send me a request at insidetheravenseye at gmail.com. Also make sure to visit earthandspiritmedicine.com and check out the services they provide. You have been listening to Coyote Thunderhawk in Conversations with a Shaman. I'm your host, Alan Mitchell, and we will see you on the next Inside the Raven's Eye. Much love and God bless.